0: You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Friday, December the 31st. Happy New Year's Eve. I am Lucas Smith, host of the show Thanks for tuning in today and every day that you tune in to Locked On Cardinals. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. Got a good show today on New Year's Eve. It's hard to believe that 2021 is almost over, depending on when you're listening. It could already be over. Maybe it's already 2022, but it seems to me that this year, the New Year's really snuck up on me. I felt that... Yeah, still have a couple more weeks left of 2021, but but no, 2021 is indeed going to be over shortly, and 2022 is upon us. If you missed yesterday's episode, it is New Year's resolution-themed. Uh, it was all about st- uh, pitching resolutions, how the Cardinals can be better on the mound, and today we are going to be talking about how the offense can be better, some offensive production, what the Cardinals offense can do to be better in 2022, because in all honesty, I'm worried a little bit more about the offense of this Cardinal team than I am about the pitching of this Cardinal team uh so we're gonna go and get into into that segment number one we'll be talking about how they can fix it segment number two is a resolution that I actually just want them to, to keep doing give some more praise to a, a portion of the team that needs to continue to be successful and then number th- segment three will be an um an off the field way to get better and, and improve a position and we'll also be sharing some of your thoughts um that you shared on twitter as to what the cardinals resolutions should be so we'll go and get into all that we're gonna start with where I think the cardinals need to improve. And it's one that, you know, when you look at the offense in two thousand and twenty one, it was really around league average in most spots. Um look at home runs, that was above league average. They had hundred and ninety eight home runs this season. League average was ninety two. They drove in uh six hundred and seventy eight runs, which was just a little bit below average, uh six eighty nine. Um the it I'll get to the point that I want to them improve on and that is the on base percentage. It's drawing walks um slugging percentage as well so but it's more so that the walks cuz both these things uh, the, the on base was, was below average uh, the on base was just 3.13 the league average was 3.18 the the, the Mets had a higher um on base percentage than the than the Cardinals as well as the Rockies and Phillies and Padres and Reds non-playoff teams um I think that the Cardinals need to be drawing more walks, and that's kind of where I'm going to start. It might not be, seem like the most obvious of ones, um, but, you know, it's the old Billy Bean motive, right? Um, what does he care about? He cares about people getting on base. And this Cardinal team in 2021, while the offense was strong for the last part of the year, I mean, if you look at their splits by months, it's absolutely ridiculous. What they did by month. Um, even if you break it up into first half, second half. In the first half of the season, they had a 3, 230 on batting average, a 301 on base percentage, a 379 slugging. They, they had 94 home runs in 90 games. And then in the second half of the season, they had 104 home runs in 72 games, hit 261, had a 328 on base, and a 451 slugging percentage. Um, in August, was that was their best month overall. They had a 262 batting average, a 341 on base, and a 428 slugging. They had a 480 slugging percentage in the month of September and a couple games in October in the regular season as well. That this team overall was very strong. There were two positions that re, that really dragged them down when you look at the overall offensive numbers, and that was catcher and shortstop. We'll get into that just a little bit more um, throughout the, this, this episode. The, but as I mentioned, I'll go through a couple more numbers as to the the, the offense was really around the middle of the pack slugging percentage was at 412 which is just above league average which was 407 their OPS was excuse me their OPS was actually um, right at league average at 725 they're above league average and OPS plus at 101 uh, that was just two points lower than the Los Angeles Dodgers they had 261 doubles right at league average it, it's the on-base percentage for me that 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 it seems to be more of a a tool in my opinion that the Cardinals should utilize more. It's a tool that that, that that's offense needs to be need, needs to be drawing more walks, needs to be a little bit more patient. I felt like at certain points Nolan Arenado throughout the season was just refusing, just refusing to take walks. And I'm not trying to to, you know, nitpick too little here and just, just talk about on-base percentage. we will get into some more points uh, throughout the the rest of this episode, but to me it was the on-base percentage of this team that that really well, it was the when when you look at the, the standard batting lines and then statistics? And I understand batting average might not be as big now as it once was. The uh, batting average for the Cardinals at two forty four was just two points above the league average, so that could be improved upon as well. Uh, but the on base were low because they didn't draw a lot of walks. The league leader in, in walks drawn was the Los Angeles Dodgers at six thirteen. The league average was five forty one. The Cardinals drew four hundred and seventy eight. The top two teams, the Dodgers and Giants, were the two best teams on paper in 2021. The Dodgers drew 613 walks at an on-base percentage of 330, and they scored five runs a game. The Cardinals managed to score four and a half runs a game. Not a terrible number, but by the end of the season, that it was just below league, below league average. Uh, the league average was 4.46. I mentioned four and a half. I meant to say 4.36 What was the Cardinals' number. So more walks overall can lead to more runs, which is why I think that the Cardinals' offense in 2021, or excuse me, in 2022, needs to work on walking a little bit more often. Um, obviously, this was not the only problem that this offense had hitting with runners in scoring position. wasn't great at times. But you, you saw this team, two sides of this team in 2021. You saw the the bad, the ugly in, in the first half, especially in June. Uh, I mentioned when, when you look at the split, it, it gets really – Um, Really apparent that June was by far their worst month. They hit 217. They had an on-base percentage of 290. They had a slugging of 336. Uh, They they hit just 19 home runs in 27 games. They scored uh, just 86 runs in those 27 games. That was the lowest total by month of any month in the season, uh, including July when they played four less games in July. They still ended up scoring 96 runs that month. Um, it, it It was brutal. But then you saw, as I mentioned earlier, the numbers go up later in the season when they went on that incredible um, remarkable historic wonderful fantastic 17 game winning streak um, this offense seemed to be all or nothing and it, it seemed to be either they were drawing walks they were slugging they were getting on base they were driving in runs or they they just they, they simply weren't um, the, that, that can be tallied up in their numbers and wins and losses and again in uh, baseball, you need to score runs. You need to hit to win. So when you don't hit, you tend to not win. However, in 72 losses this season, the Cardinals scored 178 runs. They hit 207. They had an on-base of 279 and an o- and a slugging of 318 for an OPS of 596. But again, 178 runs over 72 games. That is two and a half, just under two and a half runs a game. 2.47, if you want to get real technical. In wins, they scored 528 runs over 90 wins. That's close to six runs a game. 5.8 runs a game. I think that, I'm not saying it starts and ends with, with walks, but I think that it, it, the, the approach was more consistent. And again, having the same approach isn't always going to necessarily lead to the same result. Necessarily. When you when you look at the, the process the Cardinals had early in the season, Mike Shildt was was preaching that, hey, the process is there, the results just aren't. Maybe that was true, but you also look at the on-base percentage being so much higher in wins and being so much higher in successful months. They drew 278 walks in those wins compared to just 200 walks in losses. So it comes down to being able to get on base, but not only get on base, but being able to drive those runs home. Situational hitting, the process needs to be more consistent and not not, not, not just inconsistent, for lack of a better phrase. I think that this... It, we, we saw it in the middle of the season when Tommy Evans said that we need to change how we prep and prep a little bit more for starting pitching. And I think that once that happened, it took a while for, that, for the results to come. But once that happened, you saw the offense start to slowly get back to where they have the potential to be. Because uh, this offense has the potential on paper to be extremely good, especially when you look at the, the, the makeup of this team at, at certain positions. So I think that getting on base and being more consistent are two of the things that I that, that kind of go hand in hand in my opinion for resolutions and that that that's that's where I'm going to end the, this segment number 1 because the, the, when when you don't get on base it's harder to score runs. Can't you're not going to be able to hit a home run every time. Sometimes you're going to be playing in really cold weathers in, in Chicago and and even in St. Louis and Cincinnati and Pittsburgh you're going to be you're going to need to be able to manufacture runs and I just don't think the Cardinals did a great job of that throughout the entirety of 2021 we'll see how that goes in 2022 so that that's kind of a negative but in my opinion a resolution can be can also mean let's keep doing this to continue to get better. And I think that this was res- this next resolution I'll talk about in segment number two is mostly positive, but it has a caveat to it. that I'll talk about coming up here in just a moment. But it is almost the new year. We're talking to Year's resolutions, maybe your resolution is getting fit or eating healthier. If it's either one of those, make sure you include a built bar in that plan. Built bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. I even think it's better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. These Built Bars are tasty and healthy. They're covered 100% in chocolate, and most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar that usually has 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs, and not a lot of protein. So if you're not a huge fan of working out, at least you can get something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And if you're not enticed yet, make sure to go to Bilt.com to check out all these different flavors and options and also use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. That is LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. The Cardinal outfield in 2021, in my opinion, was what was pretty spectacular um i think that this this outfield has the potential i've talked about this many times on on this show both during the season and and since the offseason has started that this outfield has the potential to be one of if not the best outfields in all of baseball so the resolution number two is for this outfield to stay healthy if this outfield can stay healthy this outfield can be scary there's the three starters, starting outfielders that the Cardinals are going to have going into 2021, Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader, and Dylan Carlson. Tyler O'Neill had a couple stints on the IL, played 138 games. Not terrible. You'd like to see him get closer to 145, 150, 160 games, obviously in an ideal world, but 138 games. You had Harrison Bader play in just 103 games as he spent a lot of time on the IL to start the season and as well as around the All-Star break. Dylan Carlson played 149 games, and he showed that he can play. Went through some mighty struggles, but showed that he can play. Tyler O'Neill, 34 home runs, 80 runs driven in, 286, the batting average, second highest batting average among starters. That's right, Tyler O'Neill. First it was Paul Goldschmidt at 294, then you go down to Tyler O'Neill at 286. Tyler O'Neill also had a 352 on base percentage, as he drew walks like we've almost never seen him draw walks before. Now it was only 38 walks, but still. A uh, 352 on base percentage is pretty solid, and he slugged the ball at 560. 34 home runs, 26 doubles. In just 401 plate appearances, 367 at bats, only 103 games, Harrison Bader had a 267 batting average, which is pretty solid, a 324 on base, and a 460 slugging, a 785 OPS, and a total OPS plus of 116. If you look at total OPS plus, Harrison Bader had 116, and Dalen Carlson had 117. So very, very close. If we're, if we're thinking that Dylan Carlson is going to be this next world talent, this this prospect that a lot of guys have liked and that a lot of you have been very excited about, Dylan Carlson and Harrison Bader had very similar years when you look at that metric. 100 is the baseline, or 100 is the average of OPS+, plus, taking into uh, account ballpark factors and things of that nature. And now we're seeing that Bader and O'Neill had, or Bader and Carlson, excuse me, had pretty similar numbers. Uh, both Bader uh, and O'Neal missed some time, as I mentioned, but Bader still managed to hit 16 home runs in just 367 at-bats. And Dylan Carlson hit 18 home runs in 542 at-bats. So this resolution I mentioned, it was kind of a two-parter. Part number one is for them to stay healthy. Um... Harrison Bader, the, the second injury was on a, on a dive coming in on the infield because he or from the outfield t- towards the infield laid out and uh, fractured a rib. Of, I forget if it was a fracture, or if it was just a bruise or what, but it took him some significant time to come back from that injury. And if, if he's healthy, if he gets a full season in, I would not be surprised if he was a a, a twenty twenty man, uh, or at least he was going to get twenty twenty five home runs, maybe maybe have 20 stolen bases he had nine stolen bases as it was tyler o'neill had 15 but i think that this outfield as i mentioned they can be the best in baseball there's little to no question in my mind that this this team has the potential to feature the best outfield in all of baseball so they need to stay healthy and they just need to keep doing what they did in 2021 I talked about a very simple solution yesterday when I talked about pitchers just need to throw strikes and rely on their defense. But the resolution in for the Cardinal outfield is to repeat 2021 and for two of them it's to stay healthy for even longer. So I cuz I really do think if Tyler O'Neill stays healthy, maybe he gets a couple more runs driven in here and there, maybe he's upwards to you know 90 95 RBI, but he's able to play 150 games, 155 games instead of 138. He's a more serious MVP candidate because he was phenomenal for a large portion of 2021. Similar, maybe not as much as what Adam Wainwright meant to the starting pitching, but Tyler O'Neill was close to that to the outfield. Tyler O'Neill was was huge because there were times when Harrison Bader struck out a ton like he did in years past there were times that Dylan Carlson went through a, a sophomore slump or a rookie slump he still had rookie status coming in a third of the rookie of the year there were times that, that, that those two mightily struggled and yes O'Neill went through struggles as well not saying he was on fire the whole year nobody or I guess I should say people rarely are on fire for an entire season but there were times that Tyler O'Neill, you just couldn't get him out there are times that you can't get Dylan Carlson out there are times that you can't get Harrison Bader out so if all three of those gentlemen are going at the same time you've got a great great anchored lineup you're going to have Dylan Carlson close to the top you're going to have Tyler O'Neill right in the middle you're going to have Harrison Bader in the middle to the end maybe you want to experiment with Harrison Bader hitting leadoff a little bit then you go Bader Carlson and Goldschmidt arenado o'neill is fifth you're going to have such a deep lineup if you can have all three of these outfielders healthy the so resolution two is to keep these outfielders healthy so they can play the game of baseball at the level that they're capable of playing I, I would love to see harrison bader get a 500 at-bat season in He had 367 at-bats this most recent season 401 plate appearances harrison bader for his career has never had more than 379 at-bats. That was in 2018 when he played in 138 games. I would love to see Harrison Bader play a full 162-game schedule. If he got 150 games in, I would love to see him get 550 to 600 played appearances, 500-plus at-bats, because I really do think he had a really down 2020, had a subpar to adjust a highly slightly above average 2020 to an above-average 2021. If we got him... If baseball got him for a full season, I think that he could do some wonderful things. Same thing with Tyler O'Neill. Same thing with Dylan Carlson. Because I talk about this a lot, that all three of these gentlemen can impact the game on every single level. Every single one. Every single one. Every single one of them has some power. Every single one of them has the ability to hit for average and to just get hits galore. Every single one of them can run. Every single one of them can play defense. Every single one of them has a cannon for an arm. Or at least has, has an above-average arm. Maybe not Tyler O'Neill, but Carlson and Bader have remarkable arms. So keep this outfield healthy for 2022. And I am th- just through the roof excited to see what this offense can do, especially what this outfield can do in 2021. So started off with a little bit of negative, went to a little bit of positive, talked about the outfield, wanted to keep them healthy. And now there are a couple positions that the Cardinals might need some reinforcements in. I think only one where you're going to actually see any real reinforcements, but we're going to talk about one of those both those positions, but one of them a little bit more at length coming up in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. Bet Online is the number one spot for all the sports action this season. We got some great college bowls coming up tonight, and New Year's Six bowls tomorrow. Football playoffs are coming around the corner. Lots of ways for you to bet and win money. So head over to the Bet online website at betonline.ag or use your mobile device and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked on to receive that welcome bonus. Whether it's football, basketball, NHL, boxing, UFC, or your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Don't wait to take advantage of these amazing offers. Take advantage of them now at Bet Online. Bet Online is where the game starts. position of great discussion this offseason for the Cardinals has been the shortstop position because there, there, there's an argument to be had that uh, the Cardinals shortstop situation going into 2022 is in a little bit of flux and I, I would tend to agree with that because if you look at the splits my position, the Cardinals shortstop was the second worst or arguably the worst position based on defensive positioning. The batting average was 233, that's lowest batting average of any of the Eight positions, if not not including the pitcher, obviously. Um, the batting, the on base percentage was the uh, third lowest. Uh, only second base and catcher had lower, and the slugging was the second lowest. The only one that had lower was the catcher. Uh, Three ninety seven was the slugging. There uh, just just wasn't a good season for the the Cardinal shortstop, occupied mostly by. Paul DeYoung and Edmundo Sosa. Paul DeYoung playing in just 113 games, a 197 batting average, a 284 on base percentage, a 390 slugging percentage, OPS plus of 86. Edmundo Sosa had a pretty solid season, 271, 346, 389 the slash line, 735 the OPS, and the OPS plus of 106. Um, Both players have their strengths and weaknesses defensively, Sosa is able to play probably a few more positions, being able to play second base um, for or playing short or second base. I'm sure Young is capable of it, Uh, but Mundo Sosa is probably just a little more versatile because he's probably a little bit more comfortable playing that second base position if needed. So the the question comes down to you for the resolution. Do the Cardinals go external for a new shortstop, or do they go internal and start Sosa over Young? Do they go Young one more year? The contract for Paul Young is an interesting caveat in all of this, Uh, interesting wrinkle in all of this, because... It's uh, it's a lot of money to be paying somebody just to sit on the bench, and if you're trying to move to young, uh, there probably isn't a lot of teams that want to take on that contract. So, resolution number three, in my opinion, is to figure out what you're doing at the shortstop position if you're the St. Louis Cardinals. In my opinion, those are your three options: you're rolling with Sosa, you're rolling with the young, or you're going external. Uh, there, there is an argument, I suppose, to move Tommy Yebin to shortstop and start Edmundo Sosa at second base, uh, or move Tommy Yebin to shortstop and start Nolan Gorman at second base. There, there are a couple of. of- interesting wild card options in that mix I will admit that but I think that the three main options especially with the DH coming and Nolan Gorman in my opinion being a prime candidate for the DH spot a couple of the the three most likely options for me are Sosa de young or external uh, is external Trevor story is it Carlos Correa is it somebody else Trevor story has been linked a couple of different times Cardinal uh, there's a portion of Cardinal fans, anyways, that, that would like to see Trevor Story in a Cardinal uniform. You have the appeal of Trevor Story being reunited with Nolan, Ar- Nolan Arenado. You have the continuing theme of Cardinals stealing Rocky Stars, or at least Cardinals getting Rocky's Stars, uh, going all the way back to Larry Walker, Matt Holiday, Nolan Arenado, and possibly another one in Trevor Story. But the res- resolution number three is more of a decision to be made right now rather than the actual on-field production is what are you going to do at the shortstop position are you going to pursue outside candidates or could you trade for a shortstop when you're going to sign one or are you going to stay internal with who you're starting at the shortstop position Um, I think it's it's interesting to me where they're going to go first when you're looking at should they go for a reliever should they go for a shortstop I think that whatever happens after the lockout is going to be fast. It's going to be quick moving. It's not going to be slowly developing, especially that the closer and closer we get to the scheduled opening day, right? Uh, but I think that a reliever is priority number one, because I think that the bullpen needs more help than the offense needs. Uh, so I think that the reliever should be priority number one and the, um, the shortstop should be priority number two when you're looking at off season um offseason goals. First, they should get a reliever. Second, they should look for a shortstop, if they're even looking externally for a shortstop. But what do you guys think uh, the Cardinals should go after? A couple of responses on Twitter to share. Uh, at Brandon underscore Haynes 4 said, I'd say a shortstop, but honestly, the outfield continuing success from last year. The question was, what should be the number one resolution for the Cardinals' offense in 2022? I agree, Brandon. I think that, you know, I talked about that second, that the offense needs to continue their success from the outfield standpoint. Uh, this, this outfield could be the best they didn't continue that. So I agree Brandon Uh, at Peach Machine says story plain and simple uh, short and sweet to the point I like it Trevor Story is a unique and I think a positive option for the St. Louis Cardinals and finally at Kareem SSN says Nolan returning to his prime form offense should be fine though pitching remains this team's biggest downfall in my opinion It's an interesting point that uh, Kareem makes saying that Nolan returned to prime form because there are certain statistical numbers that say Orinato did have a down year, historically speaking. He had his moments, um, but I I agree that Nolan Orinato needs to be the Nolan Orinato of old if this offense is going to reach its full, full, full potential. Just like any of us, there are a lot of different resolutions that this Cardinal team could have. Uh, I know that I've already got a list going of my resolutions. Hope you guys do, too. Uh, That's going to do it for today's show, and that's going to do it for 2021. Um, A crazy, wild... Somewhat messed up year, but hopefully we're trending in the right direction, both with the Cardinals fan base, the Cardinals front office, the Cardinals franchise, as well as just the world in general, uh, getting back to a little bit more of a normal lifestyle uh, as the pandemic hopefully is, is nearing an end very soon. But I hope you all had a wonderful 2021. Um, and if you didn't, I hope that you look forward to a more successful 2022. Uh, thoughts and prayers are with each and every one of you guys. Uh, I appreciate you guys tuning in each and every day. Uh, to to this podcast uh, that that it gets released, we'll be going three episodes a week for the next couple of weeks in January, and then in February we will be back to five days a week. So, uh, happy New Year! Hope you guys have a fun and safe celebration. And until and until I talk to you guys next year, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.